You are listening to the In Her Flow podcast with Gina and Serena. We created this podcast to help you nurture and connect to your flow, whilst also reducing the stigma and shame surrounding periods. Each week, we will share episodes that explore conversations with female health practitioners, industry expanders, and everyday women. We are so grateful that you're tuning in to today's episode. We are super excited to be talking to Gemma Lee, who is a menstrual cycle expert, a qualified Ayurvedic coach, and the creator of Wellsome. For 13 years, she's helped guide women in over 22 countries to embrace their monthly cycles and deepen body awareness through personalized coaching, online courses, retreats, and workshops. She's known as the down-to-earth, raw, and authentic teacher who makes periods fun. Her teachings are analogy field, helping to make the complicated stuff practical, easy, and memorable. Located in Australia, Gemma's a daytime mermaid and a full-time human who spends her days coaching, dancing, and creating. Welcome. Thank you. It feels weird listening to my own bio. Yeah, you can imagine. (laughs) I love that you describe yourself as a full-time mermaid. That's amazing. I try to, yeah it's it, that's just for me what makes me feel super balanced being yeah. close to the ocean um, close to bodies of water or any kind of body of water and yeah, yeah I'm I like I own more swimmers than I do underwear so, yeah. <laughs> so that makes sense I absolutely love that love that so much and we like to ask all of our guests um just to kind of see how learning about their menstrual cycle has progressed into their understanding and how they feel about it but how did you feel about your first period compared to how you feel about it now oh this is a really great question I am it's interesting if I so I if I think back to my first my menarche so my first transition into into menstrual years is I was around 15 and a half when I got my first period I was the late bloomer I was the last one in all, all of my friends I grew up being really um, sporty and athletic you know I started swimming at six months old and I just was always doing three or four different sports all the time and I remember I was at school and I I knew that it was going to come like I knew my period was going to come at some time I didn't know when but I knew because all my other friends had got their periods and they kind of mentioned a little bit about it and you know had been passing the tampons and the pads around you know at lunchtime or whatever yeah. or in the locker room yeah at school but I hadn't had the experience myself and I was at school and I just remember this is my like my I guess my best memory of it is I was sitting in school and I just remembered I got a really bad tummy pain and it wasn't like uh, I want to say bad tummy pain I should describe this better is it was just like bloated uncomfortable tummy pain yeah I went to the toilet and then I noticed that I had blood in my my undies and I was like okay thank goodness I went to a Catholic school that had dark colored skirts yeah and um and then I went to the sick bay and my nan came and picked me up from from school so I went home and and um you know I told her that I got my period and so that I don't even remember what she said or what we did after that but I remember going um I remember going to my auntie's house and then like having a pad and then you know that was it and so that was really how I got my period and then the next day it was either the next day or the day after the next day so either like my first full day of bleeding or my second full day of bleeding I was swimming carnival and I was an athletic swimmer so I just remember knowing that my mum had these things these tampons and I had to work out how to put the tampon in myself because 
I don't really rem- remember my mum ever having the conversation with me, like in depth about it. Um, I didn't really know how to use it. And I was just like, just going to the toilet all the whole day just to make sure this thing was in properly and it wasn't yeah. going to fall out and I was swimming and I was worried I wasn't going to bleed in the pool. And in the all pool. This. <laughs> oh, but that was my, um, that was my first period. And I, I never really wanted to be a, um, it's a bit funny with the identity world today, but I didn't really want to be a girl in the sense that I didn't really want to do girly things. I like being a born female, but I didn't really want to be the girl who wore the big dresses and, you know, got her nails done. I wanted to wear lipstick and yeah, you know, I, that wasn't me. Um, I was very tomboyish. I had G.I. Joe's when I was a kid. I didn't have Barbies. <laughs> and um, that's the joys of having two close aged brothers. Yeah. And um, I kind of rejected that side of myself. So for me, the period was just like, oh, something I got to like, there's something I have to deal with and kind of just hide a little bit. Yeah. Um, whereas today, my understanding of my menstruation and also my embracing of my menstruation is completely different. Yeah. Um, I have so much more body awareness. I actually love my body as opposed to back being 15, 16 and having a lot of body shame and, and low body confidence. I was a confident yeah. person in what I was doing, but I, I didn't really have a lot of confidence in my physical body. Yeah. And I guess you can say my appearance and peer pressure and all of that stuff. And I was a tall, I'm six foot. So I was a tall girl at school. Wow. And so, you know, always trying to hide myself and, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to hide my height. Um, so today though, very different. And I love embracing my menstruation. I love pouring my menstrual blood on my body and the shower out of my menstrual cup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's part of our conversation in my family all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's today. I, I full wholeheartedly embrace who I am as a woman and know that I have that still athletic tomboyish fun kind of um I guess rough side to myself um but I am but I embrace all personalities yeah oh I love that Mm. and I think it's it's so um it's so incredible how when I think when you're younger I mean I was I was never really a girly girl either but when I grew up like when I thought about growing up I was like oh when I'm 20 I'm gonna have to wear lipstick and I'm gonna have to wear high heels and I'm gonna have to buy a handbag to be this woman quote unquote (laughs) And then I hit, like I hit 20 and now I'm like, now I'm 25 and I'm like, wow, I'm still such a woman and I don't really do any of that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how when you're younger, the identity kind of forms around what a woman looks like or the things she will do or the things she'll wear. But Totally. I, I do feel it's changed a lot. So I'm 35 this year. So mm-hmm. if I think back to me, I was... You know, I was a kid in the 90s mm. and, um, you know, all my primary school in my 90s, like I finished school in 2003, really. So like my like my childhood and I guess adolescence was in that 90s period. Yeah. And today there's a lot more awareness around who you can be and there's a lot more diversity. Whereas back then, the stereotypical parents that we had in their age bracket was very much that this is what the woman does. This is the woman's role. Um, you know, this is how they appear. And I feel like today there's a lot more um, acceptance and uh, what's a really good word to use here, Gemma, um, display and confidence in people having their own individual personalities and yeah. being boisterous if they want to be boisterous with their attire or, 
you know, women wearing guys' clothes is totally fine and boys choosing, you know, to wear dress up as women from time to time is totally fine as well. And I love that. But I think it's slowly changing, which is beautiful. Yeah, it's really, it's really mm. exciting. It's really exciting. I mean, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to my children being able to enter the world and for them to be able to do what they want and say what they want and not have to kind of fall into any particular stereotypes about what a woman does or what a man does. And I know, especially for me growing up, my parents, um, this is totally off topic at the moment, but my parents were like, everything was very equal. Like there was no like, oh, mum does this and dad does this. And I think it's created such a beautiful kind of role model for me in terms of my future relationships and that like everything is kind of fair when we share it. Yes. Nice. Yeah. 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 And there's like I could I could talk for ages about this topic in the sense that when it comes to to, to the roles of um, the man, the man and the woman in a heterosexual relationship is that there's three stages of relationships mm. and we've very much come from the dependent style relationship, whereas a, where a feminine is quite dependent on a masculine. Yeah. And then we've moved into a really big portion of 50, yeah. 50 um, and the 50, 50 relationship where it's like, Hey, I'll do this and you do that. And then we can form a union. Um, and then the third stage is intimate communion. Um, yeah. And this is all this is beautifully taught by David Dieter and John Wineland, David oh, Dieter's little protege. Oh my god, I love and, it so much. <laughs> and so we are, we're really going through a lot of change. And I feel if to bring this back into menstruation and mm. the, the woman's cyclical life is that we are really awakening as a mass consciousness to understand that as a feminine and like essence and a masculine essence we we work and operate very differently and we're we're starting to rebalance a lot of that in our patriarchy based world that we live in at the moment yeah yeah which is mm. very very exciting I mean I feel like that's a whole podcast in itself <laughs> <laughs> literally we could record a whole podcast on that <laughs> yeah well I guess while we're on the topic um tell me more about what it's like to be a women's cycle health educator and period coach and what that involves Oh, good question. I um, I never thought if you had said to me, Gemma, think back to when you were like 20. Did you ever think that you were going to do this? Is this what you're like? Was this your dream? Yeah. <laughs> this was not my dream. Here she was just um, wanting to play sport and not have a tampon fall out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Literally taekwondo, basketball, swimming, yeah. you know, like, yeah, that was me. Um, you know, I went from being the person training for an Ironman doing 180 kilometer bike rides on a Saturday whilst I was menstruating to being like, you know what? I'm just not even going to go to yin yoga today. Yeah. I'm just going to, you know, sit on the beach, enjoy the sunshine as an example. Yeah. Um, so I think just to give a bit of a, an example on this, um, I think it's good to share where I came from totally. and my journey into how I became a coach. Totally. Does that work for you? Of course. Yeah. Okay, cool. So out of school, I studied fashion and became a swimwear designer, which is totally different to the health industry. I always had a health passion, yeah. but I was in the arts industry, really, and I loved creating and, and all of that. And then from there, I ended up working in a nutritional manufacturing warehouse where I worked there for seven years as a food science formulator. And so I learned a, a lot about the back end side of nutrition that's not taught in universities today yeah. so how to source ingredients food legal law all of that stuff and through that process I just 
fell into learning more about nutrition and working with some really big brands and some amazing people in the health industry. And I just learned more about it. At the same time, I was kind of bored and I'm a go-getter. And so I studied photography and became a photographer and was running a, a full-time photography business. And this was before Instagram, right? So think back, like before people were using Instagram to take photos. Now everyone's a photographer. Yeah. And um, I loved that. But at the time... A friend of mine was diagnosed with celiacs. Now I've been gluten-free for 21 years this year. And so she, so yeah, so she rang me and she's like, oh my God, like my life is over. I can't eat pizza and I can't drink beer. Like, can you help me? And I was like, oh my God, I have a gluten-free friend. I was so (laughs) excited. Anyway, I took a shopping. I just gave her some guidance over a couple of weeks. And from, from that experience, she basically rang me and was like, you're really good at this. Like you've been really helpful you should help people. Like you'd be really good at helping people. Yeah. Um, her name's Alanka and I like, I'm still really good friends with Alanka. And I was just like, oh, oh nah. like, I was like, no, I'm like working full time as a consultant in the nutrition industry. And I'm also running a photographer. I don't have time for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed over the next month that I really was helping people. It's kind of like a little switch was turned on to me and I was like, oh, wow. And so that's how I became a coach. That's how I got into the coaching industry. And I transitioned from working in manufacturing into coaching. And when I started out, I, I did nutrition-based coaching. So I was very much around habits, nutrition, gut health, um, like gluten-free. I, like I did a lot of work around gluten and educating around yeah. that as that was coming out and more gluten-free products were being produced. Yeah. I love and, how organically this all happened. Mm-hmm. And then... At the time, I'd had leaky gut. So just before I started working as a coach, I'd had leaky gut through the stress of running a photography business. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. want to say shooting 33 weddings in a year is quite stressful yeah. on top of working. And you have to be, the way I describe wedding photographers is you need to be the panther. You need to be everywhere all the time at any given moment at every angle. <laughs> And so it's very exhausting and it's um, lots of fun. Yeah. And it only happens once, you know, you can't yeah. be like, Oh, sorry. Do you mind just doing that ring ceremony again? Sorry, I didn't quite get that shot. My aperture just didn't switch to the right aperture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, yeah. You just need to be on point. So I'd already healed a lot of my own gut health through having leaky gut. And, and that was kind of one of the reasons why I got into gut health and gluten and all of that stuff. But one of the last final pieces of my puzzle to bring it back into how I got into being a, a menstrual coach is I was in a health conference in the States. Every year I go to the States for a health conference, except for last year, the year of COVID. Of and I was sitting in um, a big auditorium style space with literally like a thousand people in this room. And the, the doctor and scientists on the stage were talking about the detoxification pathways in the process of eliminating toxins. Mm. And one of the things that they came up with on the slide was it was a picture and it said the average baby is born with 286 chemicals and toxins in its body bef- as tested before it's even taken its first breath. Just so insane. And that's, I know, and that's through the umbilical cord. And I was just like, draw on the floor, mind thinking, what the F? Yeah. And I... <laughs> would love to be a mother um that's one of my my I guess my life dreams is to be a really beautiful mom and to be able to birth you know and create in this world in the physical form of a human and I um was like okay well this is the final piece of my puzzle 
this is the final cleaning and clearing out of my body is I need to come off the contraceptive pill. Yeah. I've been on the pill for 12 months and I just went cold turkey. I just like was like, just stopped taking it. And then I got amenorrhea and I didn't have a, a period for seven months. And then I started a little bit of spotting, but my, my first period was after nine months. Yeah. And in that process, I, I discovered that I had PCOS, but the pill had masked all of the symptoms of PCOS, mm-hmm. even though I did have some cysts on my ovaries when I was like 19. It was actually on the cusp of my 19th, 20th birthday. Yeah. And um, I was quite sick at that point, but I took antibiotics and it kind of just disappeared, right? And so I discovered that I had this imbalance in my body and I went on this journey. It's kind of like Pandora's box was opened and I was like, why? And this is back in 2014. So I, my, my mindset at the time was, why have I been in the industry? Hang on, let me do quick maths. I've been in the industry for about eight or nine years at this time, like the health industry. So like, it's not like I just started out in the industry. I'd studied a lot of different things. And I was like, how? How is it possible that I've been in the industry this long and no one has taught me about my menstrual cycle? Yeah. In none of the courses, none of the coaching, none, like anything. I was like, this is so, really weird. It, yeah, it just seems so backwards. I mean, it's the same in school and stuff. Like women, I mean, for the most part, we're going to have this once a month for so many years of our life and it's like this it's just kind of put under the rug of like you have this beautiful cycle why do you have it it's just kind of like oh you've got it and we're not going to talk about it and we're not really going to tell you what's actually happening you're just going to kind of deal with it and then the most frustrating part is like if you go and see a doctor when you're having issues with it they're they're just I don't know it's they just kind of don't really listen to your story and they're just like this mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen to you forever now exactly it's frustrating oh, I, I totally like Serena I totally concur <laughs> concur with that it's for me at the time I, I really one I felt really lost in my body I was confused I didn't really know my own body I felt like there was an alien in my body that this kind of felt like the matrix and I was like get it out get it out I don't know what's going on and um, I just then went on this journey around discovering the menstrual cycle and learning more about it and I did, then went and did pockets of little study about like womb wisdom and ancient ancient wisdom around women's health and I kind of just slowly over time it started to trickle into my coaching work so I was already working with with women and I was really embodied in a lot of ancestral teachings after having studied ancestral health and Ayurveda and yeah. it just started to become a question that I was getting all the time about my menstrual cycle and what about this and what about that and then I just started sharing more in like what I had learned and what I had studied. And the study was a personal study that ended up being, you know, study for work really. Yeah. And then from there, it just kind of like rolled out. And then all my clients who I was teaching this stuff to were like, you need to write a program. Like you need to get groups of women together. And after about like the sixth client saying this, I was like, okay, well, this is maybe I need to do this. I sat with it. I just sat with it and I just sat with it. And I was just like, nah nah not really into women's health that much (laughs) being the tomboy and I was like you know what and then it just and that's how the well women academy was born so I thought which is so incredible yeah I've I've had a look at it and you offer so many amazing things on there thank you um it started out just for like a business perspective if people are listening to this and they're like oh I'd really like to get into the industry Mm. is I started out just with a program. So I wrote um, a six-week program. Yeah. Was it six weeks? Eight weeks. 
I, know, I was already running a program called Well School at the time, and that was all about the foundations and fundamentals for health. Yeah. And that included nutrition, physical and emotional work. And so basically all I had to do was just focus on the menstrual stuff so that I brought a separate program called Well Women. So I had Well School and Well Women because my business is called Wellsome, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is how it happened. So then Well Women um, like became this program and then I decided I was running two programs and everyone was doing both. I was like, why don't I just put them together? Yeah. So I did that and then I wanted to, instead of running it as like a, three times a year program or twice a year program I decided to make it a membership and the reason why I made it a membership is that's how I was seeing the greatest differences instead of it being an eight-week program or a nine-week program that women would come and just sit and do the program with me and then leave with a membership style it allows them to one come in at a lower cost so they're getting more bang for their buck because that's what people want but they're actually getting ongoing support. So I've had members in the Academy since I launched in 2000 and I think it was 2019. I launched in October. I launched on my birthday. Oh, yay. Yeah. I launched, uh, I launched on my birthday. I'm celebrating my birthday with all of you. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like as well, having an Academy like that, it creates And what I want to do in terms of like my nutrition business is really create a community because I think there's nothing more important than women's, like women's relationships with each other. And like, I know like the way I am with my friends, I just adore them so much. And I'm so close to so many beautiful friends that I don't know. I don't know how I would do life without them. And so creating things like Mm. that, it's an academy where women can be together talking about their menstrual cycle and it just it's really bonding yes yeah it really is and it's it's about that community because as women totally. we are community based we're not independent yeah. that's a that's a form of the masculine and so for me it's something that has just slowly grown and everything is recorded in the academy so women join and there's literally more than 120 live classes recorded more than 120 live classes yeah and that's on all different topics from um urinary products to (laughs) natural contraception to understanding um contraception whilst you're breastfeeding to emotional eating and binge eating to um sensual eating to mindfulness to applying meditation to ayurvedic cleansing there's and everything is revolved around the menstrual cycle Plus we do monthly Zoom calls. So we do a group coaching Zoom call where you get an opportunity in, instead of us just being on video in Facebook live, we actually jump on Zoom together and I answer all of your questions. And and if the call goes for three hours, it goes for three hours. (laughs) Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. Mm. Mm. So it's been my, it's my baby in the sense that it's been, um, I guess, just the thing that I love, like it's, it's, I wanted a community. I wish I had a community when I was going through my cycle journey. And so I decided to provide a community basis or platform yeah. and that's, it's just grown from there. And we've got members from all over the world, which is awesome. Um, mm. And so for my menstrual cycle coaching, to go back to your original question, so I <laughs> the tangent, is that for me, menstrual cycle coaching, I like to help many women. So the platform, the mem- the Well Women Academy membership works in that basis. Yeah. Whereas I also do one-on-one coaching. And the reason why I offer both is some people just like the group stuff. They like to kind of be in a group. They like to be surrounded by other women and they like to get the full support. 
Whereas there are some women who lack one-on-one and there are certain things we can't do in a group environment that you need one-on-one for. And that is personal processing. So I do a lot of emotional style processing with women around their body and their, and their cycle. And so that's a one-on-one basis and then natural contraception. So I teach this inside the well women Academy as a natural contraception teacher. However, when you're analyzing or going through someone's specific cycle, you really need 30 to 60 minutes every few weeks to sit down with them and to go, okay, let's talk about your interpretation of your mucus versus what are you actually really interpreting? Yeah. How you can actually apply it, track it. And then the pinpoint ways that you can highlight, like um, I was going to say, identify your ovulation. Totally. And that same rule applies to whether you are planning to conceive a child or planning to not conceive, so to avoid pregnancy, to achieve or to avoid. And um, that it's just really beautiful. And I love that in the coaching process. So I have a set um, amount of allocated time to one-on-one coaching clients where we do that. And I love it. I just absolutely love it. And if anyone's listening to this and wants to learn about that, there is like free download on my website about the coaching process. And I do a free audio where I walk you through the process yeah. Um, everything's on my website <laughs> yeah and we can we'll add that all to the show notes which is great and on that topic of I know most people look at the menstrual cycle in terms of avoiding getting pregnant or trying to conceive but what Gina and I have noticed with so many of our friends and I touched on briefly with you before is that they don't actually realize the importance of the menstrual cycle in so many other aspects for your health and your wellness and even just understanding how you as a person change across the cycle physically, mentally. Um, Yeah. What's your kind of experience in talking to women about how it is like the menstrual cycle is so much more important than just kind of looking at it in terms of avoiding conception or trying to conceive. Yeah. It's, it's funny it's a funny question actually because I find a lot of women don't really want to know about their cycle or aren't interested in learning about their cycle until they're planning to conceive yeah and sometimes that's I don't I don't want to say it's too late but it can delay the conception process depending on the health of the person and the health of their cycle yeah so I feel and this is just my belief that it's our birthright for every woman to intricately know their body and to know how it works, how it operates, the ins and outs of it. It's kind of the analogy, because I use a lot of analogies when I when I teach Serena. Which is but great. I love it's, that. It's like, it's like going to the Apple store, not the pear store, the Apple store, and buying a new iPhone and being like, cool, I got this iPhone. No, nah, no, nah, I don't. Like, I don't need all the fancy stuff, but I'm going to buy it anyway. And I'm just going to use it to call and send messages. Yeah. And then you don't learn anything else about it. You know how to charge it. You know how to like dim the light. You know how to use the torch. You can use the calculator sometimes and you're not getting your full extent of your phone. Now, I don't know anybody who's done that. Nobody. If you're going to put money into buying something, especially if it's outright like that, you are going to learn the ins and outs of that particular thing. Yeah. Imagine if we took the same approach to our own body. Okay. So how is my bladder working today? And how's my bowel working today? And wow, I'm really feeling heavy in my chest. Okay. Is that a respiratory thing? Have I not been breathing enough? Am I, am I holding toxins in my chest that I need to get out? Like what's, or is it an emotion? Like sadness Mm -hmm. is, is an emotion of the lungs. So is that like, am I being held down by something? Am I, my shoulders drooping forward and I've got tension in my muscles there. 
Like literally, it's it's endless getting to know your body. Absolutely. But imagine and if it, we took that approach. Yeah, and it, it's so it's so empowering. And like when Gina and I were talking about um, what we wanted to chat to you about, she she gave me an example of um, a girl we actually used to go to school with, and she didn't understand her cervical fluid, and she didn't understand what it was and what it meant. And so literally once a month she thought she got thrush and she would go and get thrush cream when it was just wow. a cervical fluid and she was ovulating. And it just like, I was, I was shocked. I was like, Oh my God, how, how is this possible that a doctor hasn't picked up on it? Or she was, how is it possible that she was never taught this and she didn't know it? I, I was just like, Oh my God, what are we doing in society? This is wrong. Mm-hmm. It re- and it, all it is is just a misunderstanding of information. Mm. That's it. And it's not wrong that my mum didn't know all this stuff to teach me because she only knows what she knows. Yeah. It's not wrong that my mum's mum didn't know this stuff. You know, she only knew what she knew. Yeah. So for us to, to make a great ripple change and effect, we it's our responsibility in my mind to to learn this information and then be able to share it and form communities that are supportive in this way and you you can just it's so amazing watching women like take this journey and I, I feel really blessed to be a cycle coach and we need more women for this journey and that's why I'm launching um, a menstrual cycle certification course yeah to teach I women how to become know. a certificate yeah and it's it's not just about the menstrual cycle it's about the whole well women approach it's a it's from the coaching philosophies and how to actually be a great coach yeah you know having been a coach for god like is it oh, my math is terrible eight years now yeah. like how to be a really great coach how yeah. to operate a business how to start a business how to find these areas in your business how to connect in the different aspects and the different business opportunities within the menstrual cycle yeah there's it literally it's a whole world and if you think about it I'll never forget this when I was studying photography my um the head teacher said to me he goes Gemma there's three industries you want to be in births deaths and marriages people are always going to have babies people are always going to die people are always going to get married yeah and that's when like if you if you're thinking about that for, for photography yeah what am I going to shoot? Babies. People are always going to have babies. What are you going to shoot? Weddings. Always going to wet. Always going to have weddings. Wakes. Oh, I don't know about shooting a wake, but the <laughs> other two, definitely, right? And so in that sense, babies, women are always going to have a menstrual cycle. Yeah. We're always going to menstruate. We're always yeah. going to ovulate. But it's understanding the balance of that. And so this is a this is a part of, our, of the health industry, which is not going anywhere. Yeah. It's not a fad, (laughs) you know, it's not a, um, it's not a keto diet, you know, like when keto diet was really big and before that was paleo and this isn't a fad and, you know, maybe Wim Hof is a fad at the moment. I'm just throwing it out there hypothetically, like people are doing (laughs) it and then they might find the next thing. The menstrual cycle is not going anywhere. This will affect you for generations. And the more you can embrace this for yourself and be a leader, in your own body you can then lead others and that's leading your children leading your nieces and nephews leading friends um even parents um yeah end of rant yeah (laughs) I was even sharing the other day with a friend how I've been cycle syncing my like exercise around my cycle now for 
solid six to eight months. And I think sometimes you, I know sometimes you can almost forget how you feel in different phases. And yesterday I'm, I'm coming into my ovulation. I went to the gym and I was like, oh my God, I feel so good. I feel so strong. I feel so powerful. I was so excited to train. Whereas say a few days before my period, I don't want to train. I, I'm a lot more like lazy. I want to relax. I want to do slow things, soft things. But I think without a woman understanding that, you can be really critical on yourself and you can be like, oh, why am I being so lazy today? I don't want to do this. Um, yeah, I think having that understanding really helps you to accept yourself a lot more as well. Totally. It really does. It's yeah. It, that's, and that's one of the greatest feminine essences of allowing. Yeah. Yeah. Learning to allow yourself to feel, to breathe, to move, to flow in energy, to flow in emotion. And one of the, and I love that my yoga teacher, he says this is that, you know, life is transitional mm-hmm. and that, you know, whenever you are stuck on something being a certain way, you're living out of transition. Yeah. And this is, you know, okay. I'm like, as an example, and I'll just use yoga as an analogy, as a yoga practitioner, yeah. is that if I'm really committed to getting a really solid headstand or a solid handstand, let's say handstand, everyone knows what a handstand is. Yeah. Um, let's say I'm really committed to getting a solid handstand and I'm focused on that and that's the goal and I'm driven in that way. Now yeah. that energy and essence to get there is a masculine essence, which is, it's good. We need that, right, to achieve things. So, and I get there, but then I'm so focused on that particular thing, I don't move past it. And so the transition and being transitional is really about knowing that we're going to move in different transits all the time. And as women or menstruators, we have that experience every cycle. So we go through a birth, life, death cycle every single cycle. And they say it's not necessarily a science proven theory, but it's one reason why women can live longer than men is Uh that we are more, we are more adapted to this, transitional cycle and we go through multiple transitions from not having a menstruation to going through menarche to establishing a relationship with our menstruation to exploring conception to being pregnant to birthing to growing like to growing a child out of your body which is lactation the post-birth or prenatal um postnatal um you know like fourth trimester but that can be on for like one to two years then you might have four kids so then you go through that same transition four times yeah. and then you go through the transition of reclaiming your menstruation again, yeah. like you did when you started menstruating back at menarche. Totally. And then you move forward towards perimenopause, which is such a stupid name. If you ask me, perimenopause, <laughs> I could just call it pre-menopause, but you go through perimenopause and then menopause and then post-menopause, and then you're out into the wise years. And so if you think about that, there's a lot of transitions there as a, as a female Absolutely. and men go through transitions too, but their transitions are very different to ours. And they're not as, I don't want to say life impacting because people are like all well, that, you know, it's huge. It really impacts my life going through menopause. <laughs> That's a paradigm. I don't feel like menopause needs to debilitate you. Neither does your menstruation, but men go through other transitions, which change their states too but yeah. they don't um, take as long. So for example, pregnancy is nine months. <laughs> Men don't go through a full nine month transition as an example. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I think that's where the concept of 
body literacy comes in and yeah it does reading and understanding the actual language of your body and learning to observe it and say chart your cycle so you really know what's going on like I find that so empowering Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's really good and I guess in terms of because you do a lot of obviously with menstrual coaching you do a lot of cycle tracking with your clients do you think that's a like how is that an important aspect of them in gaining that body literacy Oh, this is a great question. Okay, cycle tracking and body literacy is the only way to understand how something works is to focus on it. Yeah. So if you are wanting to know why your veggie garden isn't thriving, if you're not looking at it every day and you're not investigating it every day, you're not going to learn why it's not thriving. Yeah. So what you focus on grows is a a good way to look at it. So with your menstrual cycle, focusing in on your cycle and really connecting with um, yourself on a daily basis through a cycle tracker. I actually have mine here, (laughs) which was not planned, but I do have mine here, is that cycle tracking allows you time to connect with your body, to recognize and acknowledge without judgment what's going on. So if you're thinking about that, a lot of women say, oh, well, I use an app and an app is fantastic. Well, if you're using an app to track your cycle, I'm going to give you a super high five and say, well done on connecting with your body in that way. Yeah. If you want to take it deeper though and gain more intuitive connection with your body and amplify your own body awareness, you need to use a written tracker. Mm. You need to. Mm. Um, You can use both. You can use an app and a written tracker. I use both. I like to document my bleed on, on on an app and just have it there. Um, the uh, the data that that can create is fantastic but for me a written tracker is far more important and why is it more important there is nothing like kinesthetic learning putting thought and pen to paper and actually dedicating time to connect instead of doing tap tap swipe scroll yeah I feel Um, because yeah your phone can be a you know done and forget forget thing like how often do you find yourself on Instagram and you're like, fuck, did I just spend 20 minutes scrolling? Wow. Well, first of all, how did I even get there? Like I was sitting on the couch, I was about to read my book and now I've been on Instagram for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And so that's the, the phones are very disconnecting, not connecting. And so mm-hmm. when it comes to cycle tracking, I always inc- encourage people to use a written track. And that's why I created the Love Your Cycle Tracker, which is free. So if, if you're listening to this and you've, you've never used a written tracker, if you just go to my website, wellsome.com, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com, there is a free cycle tracker there. If you go to my Instagram, there's a link in my bio where you can download and it comes with videos on how to use it. Yeah. And that cycle tracker is the foundation of getting to know your cycle. Yeah. It will increase your body literacy enormously, enormously. If you think, if you can commit to doing it every day for three months, I promise you, you'll learn an enormous amount about your body. Incredible. Yeah. Um, Yeah. From how you, everything, nutritionally, physically, emotionally, um, cycle signs, all of that. If you, if you do use the tracker to its full extent, you can. And I know people can't see this, but you know, if I look at my cycle tracker here, so I'll just show you, Serena. Like yeah. you can see every single cycle tracker. And I have years of this. Totally. You know, so if I wanted to to come back and go, all right, well, what is my cycle normally like in July? <laughs> you know, I can pull out the July trackers 
and I can look at it and go, well, actually they're kind of the same in winter for us or for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And I think as well, it's a lot more, like you said, with the phone, not it's not as engaging, like you're not just clicking a button, but you're actually writing and you're really, I think that writing engages such a different part of your brain versus just like typing on a phone or typing on a computer. And it's right in front of you. Like I love that you can just see your cycle on a piece of paper in front of you. Whereas I think with the app as well, it can get a little bit confusing because you're having to like scroll through different things. And I know I'm the same with the calendar. I prefer a written calendar right in front of me versus a calendar on my phone where I just can't see it as well. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, yeah. And I have a written calendar. I have a written diary or like weekly planner too for that exact reason. Yeah, yeah. which is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think on that note as well, it, it creates a lot of empowerment for women because they can actually once you gain that body literacy and you are looking at your cycle and you're understanding what's usually occurring for you and you can then pick up on what's not normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think for women, if they've been dealing things, dealing with things for a long time, like pain or, or even new things, if they're not actually tracking it and paying attention to it, then it's harder for them to say, go to, um, a doctor or a naturopath or a coach or someone and be like hey this has changed I'm not sure why this has changed whereas if they're tracking it then they can really be in touch with it and be like okay this has changed Mm, yeah oh you're so right like yeah there's so much to it I mean there's there's so many different aspects as well that a couple of our other episodes have incorporated um all the kind of facets of the menstrual cycle influencing you. And Alyssa Vitti has an amazing book um, in, I think it's called In the in the Flow. Yeah. Which, yeah. She's got some great, she's got some really good books. Yeah. Yeah. Which just looks at how, how the menstrual cycle influences like so many different aspects of your life. But mm. I wanted to touch on how you can use the faces of, um, faces, phases, yeah of the menstrual cycle to enhance your relationships with friends and romantic partners and how it kind of influences our social and arousal patterns? Mm, This is a really good question. Um, So just to like wrap up what you were just mentioning about, um, I guess your overall cycle in in your life is that if someone's new and they've never started tracking their cycle, just know that you're, it's okay to not know. (laughs) And, you know, just get started. And even if you're not sure what to track, just track a little bit. Um, If you do want to learn more, because it's great to read books, but it can be very overwhelming and confusing because that's when you can kind of get the self-diagnosis brain going on, is that's when support's really important. So reach out and get support, whether it's working with a menstrual cycle coach like myself, like joining the academy, like something like that I offer or actually seeing someone else. It could be an allied health professional, but someone who specifically works with women's bodies and women's health and can help you identify things so you're not going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I just and wanted to say that. It is a, it is a slow, like I, I know for me when I started cycle tracking, it is a slow and progressive thing that you do over time. Like you're not just going to know everything all at once and it, it can be highly yeah. overwhelming. There's so much to it. But I think just like slowly gaining a little bit of that body literacy and even just like listening to your body and paying attention to it is just number one. Oh, it, re- it really is. It's 
like one of the best things you can ever learn and invest in is your body and your health and yourself. Absolutely. It's your home. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ain't no place like home. No so place. to answer your question about phases, there is, um, so just to give an overview, I guess most people listen to this know that there's four core phases to your menstrual cycle. Yeah. Um, I refer to them as the seasons. So you've got in a winter, in a spring, in a summer, even in a autumn. Um, we go through menstruation, to post-menstruation, pre-ovulation, ovulation, post-ovulation, pre-menstruation to menstruation. And that's that full birth-life death cycle that we spoke about earlier is that every single phase has a transitional changing point nutritionally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, libido, everything. And so when women, I think the one of the most challenging things for women is either changing their food so to be cyclical with their food or changing their movement to be cyclical with their movement. So I came from the background of going to the gym every single day and never resting. That was for me, that was the hardest thing is to just rest and be like, but I'm going to get a fat ass if I don't go to the gym for <laughs> one day this month. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, and I just think it's so hard in general. Like I, I tell my clients to rest yet when I need to rest, I'm like, oh my God, but if you rest, you're not going to be successful. And I have to drill it into my brain. Serena, rest, like you need to rest. (laughs) Yeah, we do. And we, like, I was just mentioning this somewhere else. I can't remember where, but you know, elite athletes rest twice as much as they exercise. That's, that's, that's literally important. The rest is twice as important as the movement. And Imagine if we applied that to our lives. So with um, with the phases, movement for me was the cha- like the biggest challenge is like embodying restful, you know, state when it comes to menstruating. Yeah. For some, it's food in embodying the fact that they can eat differently throughout their cycle. But when you apply that to your life, you notice there is a lot of changes in, in your cycle. So if you have cycle signs, often also called PMS, or anything that you would complain or bitch about to your best friend or your partner, that's what I always say. You know, if you're like, oh, my God, I got the worst headache. Oh, fuck, I'm so constipated today. Oh, my God, my acne is so bad and my period is so heavy. Anything that sounds like that that you would complain about to a bestie or a partner or a loved one or a family member, that's something that I would call a cycle sign. Yeah. And it can be common as in a lot of people can experience it, but doesn't mean it needs to be normal or it is normal. So that's when they're present, when you apply even simple aspects to changing um, those four phases and the way that you approach your life in those four phases, it actually can help rebalance some of those cycle signs along with nutritional products. And there's a bunch of things you can do. But one thing I think that's really important to recognize is that you are different at every phase of your cycle. So therefore your personality might be different. That means you might be more outgoing or you might be more inward. You might be more confident. You might be more um, hesitant or frustrated. You might be easily triggered uh, versus playful. And knowing that flow actually is empowering so that you can be able to communicate that with others because communication is the key when you're involving your life with someone else's life. So if it's you and your bestie and, you know, your bestie and you have a plan, but then, you know, you're not feeling that great because your period came early perhaps and you're like, oh, I'm just, I don't really want to go out for dinner anymore. Being able to communicate that and say, hey, look, I've actually just landed on day one of my cycle today. I would love to still do dinner with you, but do you mind if we just get like a warm takeout meal and watch a movie at home instead of going out for dinner? So it's just that communication and honoring, knowing how I feel is okay and just um, be able to communicate that. 
when you can do that, it train it changes your relationships in your workspace, your career or business space, your study space, and also romantic relationships. And you start to see that you can ebb and flow. And something that it always happens down the track with my clients is if they've got a, a romantic partner that's in a heterosexual relationship, so they're a male, the male's always like, but I want to have rest week too. And what about me? Like, why can't I? And so I, like I do teach a flow with me guide for men in, in the academy. And one of the best things I always say is you just want to make sure that why don't you just flow on your cycle, you know, so he can adapt, you know, so if he wants to have a hard couple of weeks of working and pushing himself and flogging himself at the gym, then he has a taper week. Athletes do this before they go to the Olympics or like big events, like sporting events. So men can do that too or non-menstruators can do that as well. But knowing each of the four phases of your cycle intimately and allowing yourself to move through each phase slightly differently is all about bringing your body back to balance. And that's where balance can be achieved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, I just want, like, I just like literally picture a world where imagine if every woman was just so in touch with her cycle I just think we would ebb and flow so beautifully and so perfectly and oh, we would all just be feeling like the best. <laughs> totally. And I think that that journey is possible for everyone. It's just acknowledging that, hang on, how I feel isn't really normal. Mm-hmm. It's common and that's okay. It's common that you know, others experience it, but it's not really normal. Yeah. So how can I change that? Yeah. And I think in doing that, it, it like following that journey towards realizing kind of like looking at your body and figuring out what's going on about, okay, this, this is not, this is not necessarily normal and making all those slow changes and cycle tracking and gaining body literacy and all of those things. It just gives you like, I feel like for me personally, I know for Gina as well, it gives you so much um, almost like self-esteem in being so sure of like having such a strong relationship with yourself. And if you can just feel so comfortable in your body as a home, I think it Mm. really, it ripples out into every other aspect of your life. Yeah, it really can. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you, like with the clients you've you've worked with, um, how long do you think it takes for them to sort of gain that? I mean, I know you're constantly learning it's a journey. How long do you find until they're quite comfortable with having that body literacy and with their cycle tracking? Hmm. How long does it vary for everyone as well? It does. It really does. I like to say minimum, minimum three months. Yeah. And the reason why I say three months, which is 90 days, is that's three cycles roughly. Yeah. My ideal time frame for women is six months. Yeah. So if, and a lot of, for, for some people committing to do something for three months is a big ask. Like that's like, Wow. But the best difference is the six months at the, at the six months spot. If you're looking for transformation, 12 months. Yeah. And I teach a three-year theory inside the Wellwood Academy around this. Um, it actually is in the first module or the second module that you get. Um, but it really comes down to the individual 
the individual's starting point with their health and their cycle. So wherever they're starting, because everyone's starting point is different, is you want to be able to dedicate at least three months. And if you can't dedicate three months, I don't want to say you're kidding yourself, but I do want to say you need to commit. Yeah. Yeah, because nothing good was built in a day and learning this information and really embracing it is a lifelong change and it not just for your menstrual years, but through menopause and postmenopause too. So it's really about adapting and allowing yourself to commit to minimum three months. Ideally, six to 12 is the best with one-on-one yeah. coaching clients. I say six to 12. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, most clients end up working with me for a year anyway, even if they sign up for only six months. And I don't offer anything like less than three months anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so for the woman that may be listening to this and she's super disconnected, she has a lot of irregularities and issues around her cycle, what would you say are the kind of top tips for her to start becoming more body aware and connecting to herself and to start that cycle tracking? Oh, okay. Top tips. One would be to track your cycle. Like make that a daily habit and daily daily non-negotiable. I don't care what time of day you do it. Just make sure you do it. Yeah. So that's the first one. The second one would be to, when you're cycle tracking, to honor your body without judgment. So just really acknowledging how you feel, where you feel it, how long it's been present, but not to judge yourself for feeling that way. Because a lot of times, you know, we'll get a headache and then we judge ourselves for having the headache. Absolutely. You know, or we um, we have heavy period pain and then we judge ourselves for like, oh, my body fucking hates me. And oh, I, should, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear like that, but, I'm, <laughs> you know, it goes, it goes on like, oh, my body hates me and, God, this is the worst. And it's just you're actually body shaming yourself yeah. when, you, when, you, when you speak those words. So that would be the second one. Absolutely. The third, the third one would be start to live in a cyclical way and, it, and then, um, adapt the knowledge of everything is is changing so mm-hmm. always allowing you know everything is is changing and allowing mm-hmm. and then the fourth I would say is get support and whether that's one-on-one support or whether that's um, working in like a membership style group um, support like I offer or yeah. it's being a part of another style community like I do have a free Facebook group community too I don't do there's no there's no real teachings in that group it's more like just a community and that um, because everything's inside the academy but it really comes back to surround yourself with people who are on the journey that you wish to take because if they're not on the same journey as you or it doesn't have to be the exact same but if they don't have um, the openness to explore the journey then it can be um, hindering to your own journey yeah. So, for example, it's like being in a partnership with a romantic relationship, and I just use a heterosexual relationship because I'm heterosexual, is that, you know, I'm with a partner and I'm like, oh, I really want to, like, focus on eating, you know, more fresh food from the, you know, nature and cooking some more meals at home and, you know, I, I want to start having some more warm foods and your partner's like, oh, let's just get Domino's for dinner tonight. I just want pizza. And then, yeah, totally. oh, let's, you know, let's go to the pub and have a Parmigiana and, you know, some beers with my friends. And it's okay that they want to do that, but you need to be rock solid in yourself that you know what's important to you mm-hmm. and having an environment or um, you could say self-community that supports that will help your journey immensely because, a lot of women don't get that. And that's why we have the online community. 
because yeah. they can feel very isolated and very alone that no one gets what I'm doing or no one understands what I'm going through. And so it gives them a place to feel like they are a part of something that's greater and bigger than them. And Absolutely. that's really supportive too. Yeah. And you feed off each other and you learn and yeah, it's a, it's a great space. Mm-hmm. Amazing space. I know you, you've mentioned a little bit, but where can our listeners find out more about you? Is it most present on your Instagram or website? Cool. I like to hang out on Instagram the most if you're looking for a social platform. Um, outside of that, you'll find me where I like my second home, which is the Academy Online. Um, that's all in a private Facebook group. But you can just go to my website, which is wellsome.com, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E. On the website there, you can find literally everything. Um, I run a five-day mini course and it's just like a self-paced course. Um, and I wanted to offer a little gift to everyone listening. If you'd like to learn about your cycle and the four phases and get an introductory, it's a $29 five-day course. And if you use the code cycle love, so just two words one made into one word, cycle love, yeah. you save 20% off. So it's like 23 or $24 or something like that That's for incredible. five days. Yeah. And it comes with like the 50 page ebook and the audio book and five daily videos and a few other bits and pieces. But that's a really great place to start to invest yeah. in your health in that way. Um, it's literally cheaper than going out for lunch with your friend. <laughs> um, but everything's on the website. So my retreats, the online program, um, so the academy, the training, so the certification course um, for yeah. menstrual cycle coaches, Amazing. everything's on the website. And my own podcast is a great place too. Yeah. And you've got some, you've got some really good episodes. I've checked out quite a few of them that I've loved. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it's um, it's called the Well Woman Podcast, of course. Yeah. Branding one hundred and one. Everything's yeah. called Well Something. <laughs> um, yeah, and we have we have. I think yesterday, as of time recording this with you, yesterday yeah. was episode one hundred and thirteen went out. Yeah, wow. So yeah, got a lot of episodes on all topics. We talk poo periods and sex on that, yeah. on, that, on, that <laughs> on that show and. There is some really, really fun, juicy topics I've I've yeah. had and I've I've loved it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been so nice chatting to you today. Thank you so much for having me. I've yeah. I've loved it, and I hope all of your listeners have enjoyed some of my funny mentions and analogies and stories. Yeah, and of course, I mean I've enjoyed them. <laughs> that's all that matters, then, right? Um, but if you're listening to this, I just want to say like you know, honor your body. It's amazing. It's like the best gift you have and your body's only role is to look after you. So, you know, honor that and, and support it. Thank you for joining us in this week's episode on the In Her Flow podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a review if you loved this podcast episode. Even better, share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from this information. Our mission is to normalize period talk and help women to tune in with their cyclical bodies. See See you next week. week.